I don't remember what I was doing when I was 11, but I know I wasn't as brave or as strong as her. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Leaders podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Global School for Social Leaders. In this short format podcast, we aim to bring you inspiring speeches and stories from historical great leaders and changemakers whose lives and words inspire people then and now. I am your host, Alejandra Villasiz, and together we'll listen to fragments of famous speeches and we'll learn about the people and events around them. Some of our leaders are long gone and some are still alive today. Regardless, they are all relevant and all stories deserve to be told. I am so happy that you're here and that you allow me to share their stories with you. Today, I want to tell you about a well-known figure, a female activist for education, a human rights advocate, the youngest Nobel laureate ever. You know her, you love her, you read the title of this episode, is Malala Yousafzai. Also, referred often as just Malala because, let's face it, people like me will butcher her last name. So in respect to her and her family, I will continue to refer to her as just Malala for the remainder of this episode. Now, I don't remember what I was doing when I was 11, but I know I wasn't as brave or as strong as her. In 2009, she was blogging for the BBC Urdu, reporting on the activities of the Taliban's growing influence in the Swat Valley in Pakistan. What was I doing at that age? I think I was still playing Pokemon cards with my friends in the schoolyard. Today, we'll listen to fragments of her speech at the United Nations in 2013, when she was only 16 years old. Her family was present with smiles and tears of pride, listening to their, to their daughter share her story and take a stand for the education of girls and women everywhere. Let's listen. When we were in Swat, the north of Pakistan, we realized the importance of pens and books when we saw the guns. The wise saying, the pen is mightier than sword, was true. The extremists were and they are afraid of books and pens. The power of education, the power of education frightens them. They are afraid of women. The power of the voice of women frightens them. And that is why they killed 14 innocent students in the recent attack in Quetta. And that is why they killed female teachers and polio workers in Khaybar Pakhtunkhwa. That is why they're blasting schools every day, because they were and they are afraid of change, afraid of equality that we will bring into our society. Education was part of Malala's family since before she was born. Her father, himself a school owner, championed and encouraged Malala to write and attend school. Both her parents loved her fiercely, despite being born in a society that values sons over daughters. 
When she was 11, she was approached by a teacher to write anonymously for, for the BBC Urdu, reporting what it was like to live under Taliban rule. With the poise of an adult and yet the voice of a child who just wants to go to school and learn, Malala exposed atrocities and the incredibly harsh rule of the Pakistani Taliban and their attempts to keep girls from receiving an education. Slowly but surely, this girl became their worst nightmare. On October 9th of 2012, Malala was sitting on a bus, riding back home after a test. And that's when her murder attempt happened. This was no strange event. People had been attacked by the Taliban for standing up against them for years. But this was a child. Malala was only 15 years old. Men got onto the bus, asked who was Malala, and as soon as I identified her, shot her in the face. The bullet destroyed her nerves, went through her neck, and lodged on her shoulder. She was airlifted to the nearest hospital, and her life was saved. This was no random attack. This was coordinated. The heads of the Taliban had sat down and decided that it was time to end her life. Months after, in January 2013, Malala came out from the hospital. It took many surgeries, a cochlear implant to restore her hearing, and after therapies and treatments, in 2014, she had regained 96% of her facial nerve function. I want education for the sons and daughters of the Taliban and all the terrorists and extremists. I do not even hate the Talib who shot me. Even if there is a gun in my hand and he stands in front of me, I would not shoot him. This is the compassion that I have learned from Muhammad, the prophet of mercy, and Jesus Christ, and Lord Buddha. This, this is the legacy of change that I have inherited from Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and Muhammad Ali Jinnah. This is the philosophy of nonviolence that I have learned from Gandhiji, Bacha Khan, and Mother Teresa. And this is the forgiveness that I have learned from my father and from my mother. This is what my soul is telling me. Be peaceful and love everyone. In her book, I Am Malala, she writes, We human beings don't realize how great God is. He has given us an extraordinary brain and a sensitive, loving heart. He has blessed us with two lips to talk and express our feelings. Two eyes which see the world of colors and beauty. Two feet which walk on the road of life. Two hands to work for us. And two ears to hear the words of love. As I found with my ear, no one knows how much power they have in each of their organs until they lose one. As Malala became a survivor and a symbol of hope, resilience, and strength, not only in Pakistan, but around the world, 
the Pakistani Taliban made clear that a second attack was imminent. So, Malala and her family left the country to Canada, where she was awarded an honorary citizenship, and she began her work full-on as a human rights and education activist. Dear brothers and sisters, do remember one thing. Malala Day is not my day. Today is the day of every woman, every boy, and every girl who have raised their voice for their rights. There are hundreds of human rights activists and social workers who are not only speaking for their rights, but who are struggling to achieve their goal of peace, education, and equality. Thousands of people have been killed by the terrorists, and millions have been injured. I'm just one of them. So here I stand. So here I stand, one girl among many. I speak not for myself, but for those without voice can be heard. Those who have fought for their rights, their right to live in peace, their right to be treated with, with, with dignity, their right to equality of opportunity, their right to be educated. On a personal level, I'm conflicted by teenage activism. It feels that being an activist has been made so easy by social media and the internet that there is a lot of talk and not enough action. I think that's why I love Malala's story so much and why I admire her to the level that I do. She was willing to put her life on the line for the right of other people to receive an education at such a young age. I have never hid my feelings in regards to activists like Greta Thunberg. Like I said, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of passion behind them, and I respect that, but I don't think they're offering actionable solutions or making the right moves. Malala has learned from her parents. She has educated herself. She has raised the voice of others. She's changing people's lives. And she was willing to die in order to defend the right to learn, the right of girls, the, the right of people to receive an education and improve their lives. She was willing to stand up to one of the most terrorizing groups in the world just because she wanted to learn and she wanted other people to have the same right. So my question to you, dear listener, is what do you stand for? And what actual steps are you taking today for your cause? Now, I'm not saying you need to go and fight radicals or that if you haven't won a Nobel Prize yet, you have done nothing with your life. I'm just asking this question in hopes that it will push you to take a step. You choose how big or small. 
and follow Malala's example to stand up for what you believe in and make an actual impact in the lives of others, on a screen or off a screen. Thank you, dear listener, for joining me today on this episode eight of the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'll be back soon with another speech by an inspiring female leader because we are still celebrating Women's History Month. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out to the Global School for Social Leaders on Instagram or Facebook and suggest someone for us to feature on this podcast. You can also now join us on Clubhouse on our club, Let's Talk Leadership, where we host groups every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central European time to talk about leadership from what it is to be a leader, from leadership styles to the impact of specific leaders on the world and many other topics under the umbrella of leadership. This is Alejandra Villasiz. I hope you have a great rest of your day and see you soon. Bye.